Okay, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the latest Energize podcast. I'm sitting here right now with Roscoe. Roscoe, what's the story, man? Not much. Fresh off our return to Six Aside Championship Football. Championship Football, that's exactly right. Uh, if you haven't seen the photograph, it comes out on Wednesday. Uh, we went and played a charity football Six Aside competition. Yeah, um, we were less successful, I think, this time than we were last time. Yeah, last um, year we got to the semi-finals. Yeah, although... This time out, we were up till 6 o'clock in the morning watching UFC 235 and then playing. I was like asleep for the first game. Yeah, yeah. In the in winter sleeping bag. Yeah, so we played, what, three games, 1-1. One, one. Yeah. It was a good crack. It was for charity, um, for, I don't know, building stuff in Haiti, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, it's actually for Michael Morangos. He's from Contarf. Oh, sorry, excuse me. He's from Malahide. And, uh, by the way, he had a massive turnout of people there. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> loads of people. I'd say there was... What about seven or eight teams, six people each, and then there was definitely another like twenty people who were there and just not playing but attending. Yeah, don't there was loads. Of, it was a great turnout, especially for a Sunday as well. Mm. And it was out in Santry last year. Last year it was in Malahide. Yeah, so it w- would have been easier for people. But on a Sunday to get that many people out, that's crazy. It's hard to even get that many people to go to a birthday party. I know. Yeah, but I, I suppose once you say it's for charity, I think you can sort of guild people into doing stuff. But uh, this is what, I'll read this out from because uh, he's a nice guy. Uh, he goes, I'm going to be traveling to Haiti for my second volunteer building program with the Haven Partnership in April and be working alongside loads of people in construction and renovating of a new school in the island of Il Avash. So uh, best of luck to you, Michael. Remember him when you're building the gaff. Yeah. Oh, he's got building experience. Yeah, if you need a few bricklayers. Yeah. But uh no, that was a good thing to do as well. Like on first, they were they were hit by like that I don't know, hurricane or tsunami, weren't they? Were they, yeah? Yeah, I think so. So like fair play to him. Yeah. No, we had a good turnout as well. Uh Ross was in goal, the Irish David de Gea, and uh I was in the midfield, the Irish Fellaini. But uh it was a good turnout overall. Play with like Bruno, Sam Kelly, the Ragazzoli bros, and then uh Chris as well, who was yeah. one of the Stephen Ragazzoli's good friends. Yeah, yeah, they're all absolute sound lads. Seifer showed up. He said he's gonna be, be full time manager next year. And I said, Seifer, if you're gonna show up next year, make sure you bring Kilban and Keith Andrews. Yeah, <laughs> the, the news talk lads. Yeah, yeah, bring the news talk lads. Yeah. And he was like, and end it. And I was like, no, don't bother bring your man from the office. <laughs> and then bring Brian Kerr as well. Yeah, for manager. Yeah, but uh, before we get <clears> into it, what else we got up to during the week? What is going on today's show? We're going to be discussing the crack of the week, including the likes of Gareth Bale getting slated from Real Madrid, Brendan Rodgers becoming the new Leicester City manager, and also just 10 games left in the Premier League. And also this week, the Champions League is back. So we're going to be looking at that. And then in the main part of this show, UC 235 was on over the weekend. John Jones against Anthony Smith. And we're going to be looking into all that crack. So if you are new to the Energize podcast, welcome. And if you are a returning Energize listener, welcome the back. Welcome back. Welcome back. How does it feel to be back? It's great. You know what? I love doing these shows. I love the new recording equipment. Yeah. It makes everything far more chill. You know, I have the feed up. Yeah, you do. Yeah, the Irish rugby gear on. Irish rugby gear. Ray, Ray to rock, you know what I mean? Scrum, scrum cap on and all. Yeah, although I should really probably have my goggles on my swimming hat because I went back swimming today. You did. Here, by the way, uh, we are recording a separate Six Nations rugby show as well. That'll be coming out later in the week, so make sure to check that out as well. Yeah. Part of the Six Ma- Six Nations, six-part special. Part, very much part of it. But, uh, Roscoe, you were David De Gea on Sunday, and then you were Michael Phelps today. 
but uh, you're also becoming a celebrity around town. Yeah. Um, Tell us the story there, man, because uh, people want to know Ross Cadwell, the inner celebrity, <laughs> the influencer. So um, <laughs> this is my celebrity moment of the week. Um, I was in work. I was I was doing tours. Uh, I haven't actually done that many tours as of late. And I was about to start off tour. And I was walking by the crowd because I was going to see if, if the tour route was ready to start whether the person heading me was finished or not. And uh, I do a thing where I walk out the tour, walk out the door and then walk out the curtain and like start. And as I was opening the door to check the, was the tour route free, some guy goes, Barry! And I was like, oh, he's not calling me. He goes, Ross! And I was like, oh, I was like, I was like, who said that? He was like, hi, Will, nice to meet you. Follow the show. And I was like, Oh, lovely, lovely, nice to meet you. How are you getting on or whatever? Right? I go, all right, well, we're going to kick it off now in a minute, but I'll, I'll, I'll chat to you in a bit. Right. So I went around the other side and I was like, I was trying, I was like, oh, how's, how's everyone going? Blah, blah. And I go, Will, come up the front. And he was like, oh, no, Jesus, I regret I said anything now. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I was like, all right. I was like, oh, here, I won't embarrass him. I'll leave him to. I'll leave him to. So I, I, I did the whole tour and then afterwards we got talking about whiskey. And it was actually quite funny because he was asking about like the other Irish whiskeys and then obviously. The notorious question came up. He was like, what do you think of the proper 12? And he was looking for me to like say something really good or slate it. And like, there's a few other people around. I get asked all the time, like, oh, what's proper 12? Like, would you slate it or whatever? And I was like, hey, look, it's a 30 euro bottle of whiskey. You know what I mean? It's in around the same price as Jameson original. It's very much so drinkable. Like, I have no problem with it. But it was cool to give someone a tour who listens to the podcast. Yeah. Was he that, was happy about it. He loved it. Was that? Yeah. yeah he was I like, saw- let's get a picture. Yeah, I saw you posted a picture as well. Fair play to him. Will, the the, the crude? The court? Yeah. The court, I think. The court, yeah, that's it, yeah. Shout out to Will. On um, the Will. Is that the first time someone's noticed you, Ross? Remember a while ago, we were walking Pete, and then someone ran by saying energized. Um, that was a while ago now. No, there was a fella that came over from California who listened to the show before. I think his name, like, his hands like Ray something. I can't remember. But remember, I pulled a picture of him up on a, on our story a yeah. while ago. Yeah, he, he, was the, he, he came over. One of the lads from the bar was like, Ross, you free? And I was like, yeah, because like, it would be rare someone from the bar would ask me if I'm free for something. He goes, there's a guy over here this is your podcast. We come over and say hello to him. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And then Max Holloway came in and was like, oh, is Ross here? Yeah, <laughs> Max Holloway as well. Yeah, things are getting a bit crazy, aren't they? Obviously, yeah, obviously, mad. like we saw some people over the, the weekend at the football competition who like follow us just to see how we're getting on. Obviously, like Ben O'Connor and Andy Albert and Duffy and... Yeah. The lads, which is uh, it's always nice. They're always like, "Oh yeah, the show, the show." Even Frosty, he came back from Canada over the weekend, and he was liking our stuff away over there. I don't know. It's just people are now very interested. And it's very much cemented. What's, yeah. what's going on? That like, I mean, how long yeah, and the bigger it gets, the more people are like. Oh, fair play to you for sticking out. Yeah, for sticking it out. Yeah, yeah. It's like we had to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but uh, yeah. It's, it's quite funny because like I know it's I know it's going well because like sometimes I'd be out with some of my other friends and like. They don't actually like slag it, but they sort of wind me up about being like, oh, when you have me on the show, yeah. even though they know I hate when people ask me, can they go on the show? We had another person this week again. It happens every week being like, I'm really good at American football. Can yeah. you come on the show? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no. I know, yeah. You were really nice to him. I was, yeah. I, I was. So <laughs> like, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, I don't, I don't even notice him from like at all. I love if you could go on some like like shout out to Oshin who likes like who comments yeah. nerdy everything like shout out to Oshin absolute legend but like he wouldn't even say to us oh can I come on yeah you know what I mean uh, uh, more so like uh, 
I love go. I love you like kick on the Instagram like has followed you for six days. I want to come on the show. It's like it doesn't work that way. People don't even follow us asking, "Can I come on?" It's yeah, like, I'll just take over, and you guys don't have to be on. It's like, oh, cheers, like, man. My girlfriend follows you. Can I come on your show? It's like, <laughs> no. But no, it's a crazy thing. It's so, not free for all. Social media is a crazy thing these days, Ross. Man, how good was it having Ian Gary on last week? It was great, man. That was that was crazy. Yeah, that's definitely one thing I wanted to talk about. If you haven't listened to the Ian Gary podcast, where have you been? But um, that had so many downloads straight away. That just shows how much people give a shit about this guy. I think I think it had about three or four times in downloads of our regular weekly episodes, didn't it? Yeah, it was crazy. Like, uh, it, was, it wasn't even properly released yet, and it had already, like, a couple of hundred downloads. And I was like, what? Yeah, that's just goes to show, like, you know what I mean? What a guy, like, what a loyal following he has. Yeah. And fair play to his mate, James Webb, win the Cage Warriors middleweight title. Fair play to James, yeah. yeah. Won it quite impressively as well. We were in touch with James to come on the show as well. He's a great story. He, like, lived at the back of the gym for, like, a couple of years while his girlfriend's yeah. still back in England. Like, that's that's dedication. But that's the dedication you need to put in. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, 100%. I didn't realise he was from Essex until, like, they were announced he's, he's from Essex. It's because yeah. he's sort of gingery, so I was like, Irish. Yeah, it's like, yeah. no, he's from Essex. He was hanging around with Arge and, and Joey. Yeah, he was, he was on The Only Way is Essex. Yeah, he probably was. He probably was in the background. That'd Our be really weird. Handsome guy. That'd be really weird because, like, I know we had California here in Dublin, but like, imagine being from Newcastle and knowing Geordie Shore is going on. I say guaranteed people were like, "Stay to these lads," but oh. then like, the fact they're, they're after getting so big and famous, it's crazy. I'm sure it's a bit like in Geordie Shore and Newcastle. People were like, "Oh, say those fellas on the telly," but then it was like, "Would you like to come telly?" He's like, "Yeah." It's like, ah, see, yeah, it's one of those things where you're hating something, but if you were asked to do it, you probably do the same thing. It's weird because on Geordie Shore, it seems like people almost have to be so outrageous and so obnoxious and get absolutely pissed and then piss in the ground or get sick. Whereas the new age seems to be like low violent where everyone is keeps themselves in check and they don't get yeah. fed drink. Yeah, though, low violent's a weird one because everyone's at, everyone's at home watching it. And like, you, you're like coupled up with a girl for five days and then if you yeah. like ditch her for a new girl, they're like, worst man in the world. It's like, yeah. no, it's for five days. Like, Quite with that. Yeah, now we're like three days. Yeah, he was like, he wasn't married to her. Yeah. That show's coming back around soon as well. Oh, yeah, because it's a real summer show, isn't it? Yeah. I applied for it, man. Obviously Did getting you? on. Yeah, they were like, oh. they're like, here, Baz, you coming on? Because Ross can't. So, man, you're shooing. Yeah, I'm guaranteed to get on. You know I mean? They want, they want Z-list celebrities, and I'm nowhere near that. Obviously, an A-list now, you know? Yeah, man, think of how many followers you'll have after the show. Man, there's not, if they rang me to come on, right, first of all, like, absolute stadium yeah i haven't hit the gym in a while like you know yeah but you still go on anyway i don't think i could man they, I, i'd be like the fat guy like <laughs> yeah but like you could do a six-week training camp and then uh just go on and have the crack six-week boot camp yeah okay leave the waiting all right <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like no right, i've recontemplated about right i'll go on okay okay um yeah I'll, but- I'll have a special guest on the podcast each week just to keep taking over yeah but the thing is, you know what they do in the background? They The people running it, they DM people on Instagram, like really good looking yeah. people. And uh, they're like, here, do you want to come on the show? They like handpick. They what? Like, yeah. Uh, people that uh, normally... No, no, I'm only just shocked because like, no one ever DM me. Yeah, no, no check your like, what, what's it called? Oh, oh your, your outbox. Yeah, the private <laughs> ones, yeah. But that's what they're doing. And that's what like so many people are doing these days are trying to get more and more famous on Instagram. Yeah. Younger people. Can't really blame them, you know what I mean? Because like they see other people doing it. They're like, here, do you know what? I could do it. In fairness, if you can make your living off being in good shape 
and get get with a girl like that's not a terrible way to actually do it yeah no it is like i mean people really want to build up followings especially people in school these days you know underage people um although what would we like, what would the world be like if everyone just had a massive following i know that's yeah. the thing it's 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 not possible that's yeah. the thing you know because people care too much about how much they follow back and how the thing looks you know what I mean? Like people yeah. could say about our following, right? We have over nine thousand, but they're like, yeah, but they follow around six thousand. But it's like, that's irrelevant. You know yeah, but well, we only just follow people back because they like to be followed back. Yes. Yeah. Like, if if they're there liking our photos all the time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like an obligation to follow them back. Yeah, it's almost like an energized family. Like, yeah. and if people are listening right now and they don't follow us and they're just listening. Like, yeah, you absolutely. Uh, and then sometimes like there's people who like interact with our stuff all the time, and like, I'm like. That's great, and I've no problem following back. Then sometimes they, I see their content, I'm like, oh god, I love to follow them. But like, there's a guilt in doing it or something. There you know is, I mean? yeah, there is, yeah. Because once, once or twice, we have unfollowed people who just put up garbage content and like spam they messages page. and like they were upset. And I was like, Jesus Christ! Like, I don't actually affect someone's day by unfollowing them. Yeah, yeah. It's just a strange thing to be like under the age of eighteen now, trying to build up a following. Because like, first of all, building up a bit of a following and then selling protein and stuff like that's not that's not a bad way to go around things as a side hustle but like we're our own commodity now doing like when was the last time there was a picture of me and you with our tops off you know what i mean never you know what i mean whereas if you look at like loads of young underage people well not really underage but younger people the, the girls i'm almost got looking at girls profiles i'm like here there's a bikini shot somewhere here because they're always like can't wait for the summer you know what i mean <laughs> how much can yeah, i get or throwback thursday yeah or else like Although I, I see more birds doing it rather than lads with their tops off. I don't really see lads really doing that. I'm sure they do. Yeah. But like I don't follow them. But first, you don't follow a bunch of lads with six packs all the time. Make your feels feel Yeah, terrible. that's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah, that is the thing. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's just a, such a strange generation. It's it's going to be interesting to see where they go because the fitness thing, you can only follow a certain amount of fitness people. And then you're like, right, I have my f- I'm full of fitness people. I need yeah, no, comedians. Or I need Otherwise, like you might as well just be a fitness person yourself. Yeah. Well, in fairness, they're all looking up to Rob Lipset here in Dublin, and like I can't really yeah, blame them. There's like Guzman and Joe Laney. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're sort of the three. Even the other guy from the north side, uh, Glenn Gillen, as well. Yeah. He's getting up a bit of a following as well. Yeah. So there's, there's a few people who are just people love yeah. to see. But in fairness, they're they're creative enough with their uh, YouTube. I saw your man Glenn Gillen was like getting up at five o'clock in the morning every yeah. morning. You know I mean, I was like, fair play to him. Yeah. I mean, like, you have to do something crazy. Do you I notice? Mean, do you notice a lot of them? don't speak into the camera on their phone. And like yeah. the person who starts doing that will therefore grow bigger. Yeah, definitely. Like a photograph can, it, like there's no substance to a photograph because it could be edited and stuff. That's why like if you actually physically talk into the camera, you're going to be like a step ahead of everyone else. Oh, 100%. Because people like that personal connection. With the, the personality, yeah. yeah. There was a girl, do you know what? There's a girl who follows us. I follow her as well. And um, she put up a video of how she like had a hole in her, in her jeans. And she was like, I'm after being at work all day. And then I noticed there was a hole in my jeans. Fuck's sake, right? Well, and the arse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, she showed it, but it wasn't massive. But I, but like, I'd only ever seen photographs of her. And then when I saw her speaking to the camera, I was like, you know what? She actually comes across really, really cool. But like, I never knew her personality beforehand. It's almost like Tinder. It's just a photograph. You'd almost rather, if you're swiping, someone was talking to the camera being like, hi, I'm Barry. I'm from Energized. And uh, my best mate's about to have a kid, so I need a girlfriend quick. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas like, and be a bit comedic about it rather than just photograph, you know? Yeah. But by the way, I deleted Tinder. Oh, like I was just like, I oh, hear, look, I can't keep swiping knowing people because like, imagine like the amount of girls looking at my picture being like, stay in that fella. And then, no, you know what I mean? I'm just like, right, get me off here, you know? Because I'm going, I'm just, oh, what's it called there? Because I'm going on Love Island. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll just wait until I come out, you know? 
But sure, look. Move on to that crack of the week there. <laughs> Move on to the crack of the week. But uh, shout out to Ross. Ross is now the most famous person in Enjoys. Here, hold on. Technically, are you? Because they thought you were Barry. So technically, Barry is. But Barry's is. the most famous name. Barry's the most famous name. But uh, I'm the most famous face. You're the most famous name. Yeah, probably, yeah. So people talk about Barry, but then they look at me. Yeah, yeah I'm not mad and show my face. Ross is uh, Ross is the face. Yeah, I don't mind doing yeah. all the talking in the camera. It's you're really you're the good looks and the funny guy. I'm just the funny guy. But um, <laughs> <laughs> if you're enjoying the Enjoys Crack, make sure to give us a like, give us a shout out as well. By the way, shout out to Jamie Hickey. You keep shouting us out, but not tagging us in the picture. Like, Jamie, sort that out, man, will you? All yeah, right. Jamie. Jamie, man. All right. Uh, we're going to move into the crack of the week over the weekend Gareth Bale he is back playing for Real Madrid they lost against Barcelona and the chap is getting slated uh, Gareth Bale in his time since he broke the world record transfer fee for it was roughly like 100 million yeah uh, he's won four Champions Leagues a La Liga and uh, he's won a, three Super Cups and he's what Copa del Rey yeah he's man he's won everything Copa del Rey won Copa del Rey Um. How many worldies has he scored? A few bicycles. Um, Ross. Scored probably the greatest Champions League final goal ever. Yeah. How 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 come the Real Madrid fans are always so like they only remember like a week ago. They're not they're not like, oh, do you remember he scored that bicycle fucking outside the box? It's sort of strange because I think the whole time he was there doing all that brilliant stuff, Ronaldo was there. So therefore Ronaldo got, took all the plaudits. And yeah. now Ronaldo's gone. They're losing the big games to Barcelona that they obviously done better than with Ronaldo. So therefore, they're like, he's not Ronaldo. Well, he's in fairness to Ronaldo, he was there it. nine years, right? And in each of the nine years, he averaged like 50 goals a season. So uh, who else can do that bar Messi? And you obviously over the weekend. Yeah, that that's it. Like, I mean, you can't replace Ronaldo. Yeah. It's an impossible task to do. So therefore... The fans are always going to be unhappy because I know the fans will see it as they lost Ronaldo, but they won't see it as they don't see what give a valid reason for why the team should deplete or be worse. So, like, the fans are never going to accept less, and they don't expect no one ever accepts less anywhere. Yeah, like, even when Ferguson left Man United and Moyes came in, like, we expect, still expect to try and win the league next year. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, like, we d- we were coming off winning the league as well, so it's not yeah. like idiotic, you know. Exactly, and like Real Madrid came off, they won the Champions League last year, so therefore they start the season and they're probably more than likely going to expect to win the Champions League, but they're not playing that well. But you see, the thing is, in the background of Gareth Bale, he's been there five years and he basically hasn't even tried to learn Spanish, which a lot of players don't like. Um, he sits, sits, sits beside Marcelo in the change room. Supposedly, Marcelo calls him the golfer because he cares more about golfing than football. Which is sort of like the new age sort of fo- footballer because remember Benoit Asio Okoto said he only became professional at football because he was good at it. He didn't really care about it. You know I mean? Yeah, but I think Garbell does like football. I think he likes the weather. I think he likes um probably likes the food. Likes that he has a golf course in the back garden. And he likes the Madrid lifestyle. He probably just doesn't know really like his team. He probably is not happy that he was living in someone else's shadow for the entire span of his Real Madrid career well he knew what he was getting into going to Real Madrid with Ronaldo there oh no 100% but I, I think he thought he was coming to to take over yeah uh, it just never happened for him I think um, I think if Ronaldo had stayed this year that Bale would have left because 
when Ronaldo left, obviously his agent's like, here, look, this is your chance to become the man. He's like, actually, yeah. After scoring that bicycle kick as well. Yeah, I, I think Bale, like, Real Madrid should have made it compulsory that he took Spanish lessons along with his signed on fee. Yeah. Um, um, th- what was brought up by a journalist as well, he said that it's slightly the same as Beckham because Beckham didn't really learn Spanish either. But the thing is, Beckham would always go out to the fans after sign autographs, get pictures, etc. Whereas Bale just sticks the headphones on, walks away. Yeah, he doesn't seem that overly friendly, Gareth Bale. He, he, but he didn't. He did a bit when he was at Spurs, though, didn't he? So he was a bit younger, and he was probably told you have to do this, you have to do that. And then once he moved for a hundred million, he was like, "Ha, made it!" And yeah. like, it changes you. Money changes people, whether they like to believe it or not. Yeah, well, that, that's sort of the problem with footballers. They're sort of like, well, "I'm above you," and like, all you really do is kick a ball, mate. You know. And then yeah. Gareth Bale's been out injured over like. I think he's had like 24 if not 25 injuries in his five year span at Real Madrid and then the, if you look at Ronaldo how long was Ronaldo ever out for Real Madrid he was never really out no that long, I, 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 can't, I can't remember him ever missing a string of five games yeah and Messi same, same well. Messi yeah, yeah. It's, yep. uh, it's, it's strange obviously it's a bit like Man United under Solskjaer people are saying that Man United are back winning and no one's injured you know what I mean when your team's winning all the time People don't tend to be as injured as much. Yeah, you know what I mean, well, we do have a man. You do have a lot of injuries right now, but uh, Ross obviously Gareth Bale's out of the side now. They start with uh, Vasquez on the right, Benzema down the middle, and on the left, uh, Vin- Vinicius, Vinicius, yeah. the eighteen-year-old Brazilian fella yeah. who's had like over eighty shots on goal and scored less than five goals, which is terrible. But at eighteen, R- Ronaldo was that raw as well. So obviously Gareth Bale's gonna have to leave, right? Yeah, but where does he go? It's a bit of a strange one because there's going to be a high price tag for him. And yeah. it's a very high price tag for what would appear to be quite a disruptive player. Uh, one option that I would have thought would have been very viable is maybe move to Chelsea. But now that Chelsea can't buy anyone for a year, two that year, was... Two years now? Oh, two transfer two, windows. Two transfer yeah. windows. That's out, of the, that's out of the plan. Like, that won't work. Um, can't go to Arsenal because he played for Spurs. Um, I don't think Man United are going to go and spend that sort of money on someone like that again uh, who like that massive ego also he's not guaranteed to be able to play all the time no. as well no just from injuries yeah yeah. He, in fairness he would be very ha- well, like he'd be brilliant to put on the right hand side yeah. to put in on the left if, if he wasn't so injury yeah. prone he'd be a great boy but now he's almost like set worth about 70 million and like he could be missing half the season as yeah. well you know um like I don't see City buying them that there are too many good players in that position it's not worth buying so I think his only option really and like that's where Salah plays for Liverpool so I think his only really option is to move to either Italy or because there seems to be a bit of money back in Italian football which he also won't know the language or move back to Spurs and like I wouldn't be against the Spurs move Spurs haven't bought anyone in two years and You know what I mean? Maybe 70 million to get Gareth Bale back. And he come back to a hero as well. Yeah. For some reason, I can't really see it happening. You know I, mean? like, I don't think it's, you know, more likely to happen than less likely to happen. Like, I think it's 80% chance he'll probably stay at Real Madrid. He's just yeah. paid too much money there. Yeah. And look at all the stuff he's won. Like, as I said, like four Champions Leagues. Like, to come back to Spurs, who haven't won anything since in the last, like, 30 years. I wouldn't be surprised if Gareth Bale been, like, uh, I'm injured I won't be able to play for three months and he's just playing golf out the back garden for three months you know what I mean collecting 400 grand a week yeah, practicing his putting yeah exactly so <laughs> like 
He's in a strange situation. Very, very strange situation. I can't see him going to Italy. He's too young to go to America. He's only 29. Um, Like, United would be ideal for him, but that's not going to happen. Unless, like, we swapped him for Alexis Sanchez. Can't really see that happening either because Sanchez paid for Barca. Although, Sanchez seems like he'd pay for anyone if he got the right... The right right paycheck. The right paycheck, yeah. It's a very, very strange situation. I, I can't see Sanchez going to play for... Um, Real Madrid no Sanchez will probably end up in Italy yeah. um, let us know who you think Gareth Bale should go to because it's actually do you really have any thoughts though Barry on where he's going to go I just can't see him fitting in anywhere and even you brought up Man City the most they've played for a player is 60 million and Gareth Bale's going to cost more than that and they already have Sané going down that wing why would you stop yeah. his you have Sané Mares, and Sterling you know yeah. what I mean I don't see that happen they're all young better wingers at the moment you know what I mean yeah, and he seems like someone who wants to come back to England as well because obviously he's from Wales, the Valleys. Yeah. But uh, another maybe he ends up at Cardiff. <laughs> yeah, maybe he ends up at Cardiff. But uh, another big move during the week: Brendan Rodgers has left Celtic and he's gone to manage Leicester City. Ross, Brendan Rodgers was on for a treble, treble with Celtic, and now he's decided to jump ship mid-season. Leicester aren't going to get relegated, and they're not going to win the league. What do you make of this move? I'm really confused as why it had to happen at this stage of the season. Uh, for me personally, I'm like, why couldn't they let Brendan Rodgers be the... F- I think it's the first person ever to do a treble-treble and then become Leicester manager. The Celtic fans will let him leave happy and then he'll take over from Leicester from there. Now, I did see an argument from the Leicester City point of view that he gets to come in now, assess a squad for 10 games, see, see who's a yes, see who's a no. And then go from there. Which I also do understand is... Put it this way. If you're Leicester City, you don't really care about what Celtic fans think of Brendan Rodgers. Um, you want to get your man in now. Have him assess the side. And go on from there. But from Brendan Rodgers' point of view, he should have finished off, win the treble treble, and then gone to Leicester. That's my personal take on it. Yeah, but... um, If you're looking at the teams that Brendan Rodgers could have went to... First of all, he managed Liverpool. So... You can't go to Everton. Um, City aren't going to take him. No. Liverpool aren't going to take him. Tottenham aren't going to take him. United aren't going to take him. Arsenal aren't going to take him. Chelsea aren't going to take him. That's the top six wiped out. And then you can take away technically the seventh best team, Everton, because he managed Liverpool. So there's only a choice of, what, 13 teams. It seems like Leicester City is the only real team viable option that he could have got. And he sort of jumped ship because if it's not guaranteed he could get that job at the end of the year. But... The Celtic fans are after going mad, saying he was never really a fan and all this stuff. It's a strange situation. Chris Sutton said that managing the Celtic reserves is a better job than managing Leicester City. More prestigious job. I don't believe that for a second as well, because Leicester won the league no, three or four years ago. That's just very childish on his behalf, saying that. Like, and Obviously, he being a Celtic fan, he wants everyone to go, Chris Sutton, diehard Celtic man. You know what I mean? That's just the way the fans are. But it seems to be more passionate fans around Celtic are like, that was a terrible career move, rather than everyone else was a bit like, do you know what? He wants to get it back into the Premier League. Yeah, I, I think the line was giving up immortality for mediocrity. Because, like, it, he would have been hailed as a Celtic legend forever. Um, he would he came, have? Well, he came on and you want to say he wanted to win 10 leagues in a row. Like, and that's what, if he finished out his contract and won the league each year, they would have, Celtic would have won 10 leagues in a row. Yeah, but that's that's the thing you should say going in. You know oh, I, mean? I, I know, yeah, but 
he he was like this is like this was one of his dream jobs growing up and that sort of thing yeah. and then like to leave with like 10 games left in the season it sort of just shows like you know money talks it goes to show how much he really cares about the, the league or values it because if he had won a treble treble right first time they ever done that and then they would have won 10 leagues in a row yeah yeah would he have gotten gotten a statue outside Celtic Park and people have been like been like oh he's the greatest manager ever at Celtic I don't really think so I'm not too sure if he would have bought he would have been known as a Celtic legend I mean, who knows? Like they couldn't make, they? they couldn't be doing a, a Sunderland video, a documentary on it. You know what I mean? He was travel, travel. He was already in a documentary for before for Liverpool, Celtic, was he? with Liverpool, and he went in. He goes, three of the three three players in this on this piece of paper are going to let us down this season, and I want you to make sure your name isn't on this. And he got torn apart about that. Supposedly at the end of it, he didn't write down anyone's name. But that's on a Liverpool documentary. I think you can see that on Amazon a couple of years ago when he was in charge. Same year, Steven Gerrard slipped in the ground. But, um... Just that's a bit mad. Yeah. What do you make of the move, man? Celtic fans are up in arms. That league... That, the Scottish league has gone... It's just... Right, well... It's, it's gone slightly irrelevant, hasn't it? Yeah, 100%. The, the, the teams can't even qualify for the Champions League. To be relevant, you need to be winning. And winning well. Oh, 100%. Celtic, what? Lost the... Um... Lost the qualification for the Champions League game. And then I think... Well, they knocked out the group in the Europa League. No, I think they're I think they're still in the Europa League. All right, well, like, they're not going to win the Europa League either. No. Um, Like, when you have teams like Arsenal and Chelsea in the Europa League, Celtic are never going to win it. Yeah. I just feel bad for the fans. Like, if Celtic had gone... If Celtic were allowed to come into the Premier League, I think after a few years, they'd actually... Because they have such a massive fan base and have such a big stadium, yeah. that they'd eventually move up to Premier League. You know yeah, I mean? they get so much more money from, you know, Sky Sports TV deals being in the Premier League. Yeah. I think they should almost do that because, although the, the Scottish League has become more competitive as well because Celtic have sort of dropped off their standards and... Rangers are coming back. Yeah, and like Aberdeen's and Hibs, Hibs and, and all are actually doing a bit better. But, but Neil Lennon's manager there now for the rest of the season, so... Yeah. People love Neil Lennon's Celtic, don't they? Former manager there, yeah. If you compare that team to the one Martin O'Neill had... It's different gravy, you know? Yeah, no, Dif- Martin O'Neill is the best manager of all time, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. Absolute legend there. Well, in our era, anyway. In our era, yeah. Yeah, but uh, Brendan Rodgers, Leicester are going to have to get out the checkbook. The way I looked at I was looking at Leicester the other day when he moved there, and so Mares for, what, 60 million, Kante for around 50 or 60 million, and Drinkwater for another 30 million. So, like, that's at least 130 to 30 to 40 million yeah. uh, on players. And, like, I think they watch James Madison, and that's all I can really think of who they actually spent a bit of money on. Yeah. Um, th- that was another problem with Celtic. They weren't spending the money. Yeah, because they got Johnny Evans for free. They still have, what, Robert Huth at centre-half. Or, sorry, they have... I was spending money on, what's his name? Harry Maguire. They spent a bit of money on him, didn't they? Only around 15 million. Yeah. Uh, then Chilwell came up through the system. Danny Simpson's been there for ages. Cash Michael's been there for ages. Midfield's, what, Ndidi? Yeah. Here, we'll just move into the Premier League, man. Perfect. You named the whole entire Leicester City squad. It's 10 games to go in the Premier League. Well, for some teams, some teams just nine. Man City are winning the league by a point. To, and Liverpool are coming second. They're, Liverpool are on 70 points. Man City are on 71 points. Third, Spurs on 61 points. It's a two-horse race here, Ross, yeah? Oh, absolutely. It's the race for third and fourth and the race for the Premier League. And that's just a hit, like. Yeah. There's no two ifs and buts about it. Um... Look, obviously there was a bit of a change in the tide there on the weekend. City are after doing something that is like 
very Premier League winning esque mentality. They're after winning the last two games one 0 You know what I mean? They're grinding out those results. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool in their last three games, they drew all with you know nil all with United. Then won five nil and then drew nil all against Everton. Yeah. They should have spread those goals around instead of uh, hammering Watford. Yeah. Did you see Salah going through? And I was like, he's going to bury yeah. this. What's going on with Salah? He's still scoring goals, but he's not pre- performing at the top top level. It, it, it's strange because he's still. The, oh, I think he's one behind Aguero now yeah. in terms of goal scoring charts, and he's one of the most prolific goal scorers in the league. But you, it's because I think last year he basically scored a goal a game, and this year he's scoring sort of two goals every three games, and his goals seem to be less important when he scores them. He seems to maybe a few teams have figured out how to defend against him. Luke Shaw put him yeah. in his pocket. Uh, he wasn't that influential against Everton. Bar that the well, actually he had two good chances. He didn't score them, but I mean, I suppose that means you're not influential if you don't score the goals. Yeah, I think Liverpool are better at chasing teams rather than leading the pack. So therefore, Man City being ahead of them, they're they like to be on the heels rather than setting the pace, as if you're like a long distance runner. But uh, looking at third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, it's Spurs, United, Arsenal, Chelsea. That's all getting very tight as well. Sixty-one points, fifty-eight, fifty-seven, fifty-six. It's gonna. It's it's really heating up. It's really really heating who, up. Who, who's in sixth? Sixth are Chelsea with fifty-six points. They have a game in hand. Yeah. And if they win, they go to, four, ter, to fourth, is that? They go, if they win, they actually go back to fourth. So yeah, there's going to so be a lot of change in the next 10 games. It's really, really he- heating up. Can't wait to be covering it. But right now, Ross, who are you going to give the league to? Man City or Liverpool? Um, or Spurs? Or United? No, I, I think it's going to be Man City this year. Um, Obviously, they're point ahead. They still have to come to Old Trafford, I think, though. So that's going to be a very, very tough game. They do, yeah. Um, But I think, I think Man City are going to get done. I think Liverpool... Are gonna not win another game if that makes sense, and that'll be enough for City to get the job done. Yeah, let's see what happens. But uh, the bottom three: Huddersfield have fourteen points, Fulham nineteenth with seventeen points, and then there's a bit of gap gap to Cardiff who are on twenty five points. Huddersfield and Fulham seem like they're basically gone. Yeah, Fulham lost a big game there during the week, and then uh, Southampton twenty seven, Burnley on thirty, Brighton on thirty. It's a bit close. I, I'd almost call Cardiff full yeah. of Huddersfield, yeah. Yeah, I think Cardiff, are, they're definitely the worst squad. It would be better for the Premier League next year if Cardiff weren't in it. I don't mean that in a bad way, but it is what it is. Yeah, apologise to all our uh, Welsh fans. Uh, also, this week, the Champions League is we back. We never said who's going to finish the top four. Okay, go ahead. I think it's going to be United. And I actually think Chelsea are going to sneak in there, you know. I know Sarri's like not doing that great with them. But they seem to be getting results and Spurs seem to be fading away. And then, you know, they're going to be Arsenal on Sunday. And then Arsenal won't finish top four. What's your take? I think it's going to be City, Liverpool, United, then Spurs. Arsenal Arsenal are knocking around there as well. But uh, Champions League's back this week, Roscoe. You looking forward to it, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Uh, First game is on Tuesday. Real Madrid are taking on Ajax. Madrid won the first game 2-1. I think Madrid will probably win 2-0 and just seal out the draw. Yeah, same here. Then in the other game tomorrow, Borussia Dortmund are taking on Spurs. Spurs are going in 3-0 ahead. Um, what a win Spurs had the first time. Let's see if like they can finish it off, you know? Yeah. I assume Dortmund are going to win. Just I don't think they're going to win by enough to get through. Yeah. I, I see like 2-1 maybe Dortmund. Yeah, I think so. Dortmund yeah. are going home. Uh, then in Wednesday's games, Porto are taking on Roma. Roma come in 2-1 ahead. I see it being a draw. Roma will go through though. Yeah, I think Roma will go through. And then, on Wednesday, PSG at home to Man United. PSG going in 2-0 ahead. 
But no, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's at the wheel. There's no Pogba for this game as well, which yeah. is massive. You know they're missing a few um, players. Rio Ferdinand said this, said this game is basically over. Um, look, I, I'm going to say <laughs> one-all draw. <sighs> I just don't know how PSG can show it away. But I've seen crazier things. So uh, I support United, so I'm going to go United. If we went 3-1, do we go true in aggregate, yeah? Yeah. Hand the lads. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next week's fixtures are out on Tuesday the 12th and Wednesday the 13th. So we'll be looking into that on next week's show. But uh, let us know what you think is going to make it into the top four because myself and Ross are arguing. Never got along in the show. But uh, we're going to move into the main part of the show, Roscoe. UFC 235 was on over the weekend while most people are here looking at that Bruce Buffer picture. But uh, what was really, really interesting was leading into UFC 235 with the UFC 236 press conference. Max Holloway and Dustin Poirier and also it was Kelvin Gaston and Israel Asanya exactly the interim man. press conference the interim press conference uh, not many people seem to really give a shit about this press conference like the people in the crowd were just asking stupid questions and I was like here by the way the standard of fan needs to like sharpen up as well apart from just shouting random abuse I think the, like the level of reporters who are coming to these events asking the questions Need to improve as well. There was there was just something totally off. Like these four lads have huge opportunities and yeah. huge careers ahead of them, or have had huge careers. And the press conference has gone on for twenty minutes, just stupid questions, and it was just like, "What's going on?" Like, ask something good. I, I even heard someone called someone someone called Kelvin Calvin, and I was like, "Oh, here, look, this is terrible." You know what I mean, ask these guys in front of them the questions. Don't be like, "To Dana, where's Robert Whitaker?" It's like. Yeah. Obviously, he's injured. You know what I mean? And then, and like, the amount of times where someone asks a question and then they pass the microphone to the next person and they don't go, that guy answered my question or answer the same. They just ask the same question differently. It's like, so Dana, for the winner of uh, Whitaker, or for the winner of the Adesanya um, Gaston fight, fight Whitaker, it's like, yes. It's like, the next person's like, so uh, <laughs> if uh, Whitaker's fit and healthy will he fight the winner it's like yeah it's like, what more do you want me to say to be honest the only time the only the one interesting question was asked was or thought was asked was that Max Holloway is headlining against Poirier yeah. even though they're the lighter weight class I thought I was like that's a good question yeah. but then again Max Holloway is the only person who's a champion up on stage so that, it makes sense yeah that's what I was thinking when I was when I was listening to a podcast I was like, hold on, who's actually going to headline it? Because I thought it was Max Holloway. And then I was like, hold on, he's lighter. But yeah, obviously he's the only person who is the champ. Yeah, also I think Max Holloway's the biggest name on that stage as well. Yeah. As in like... Biggest fan base I'd say as well. He's also headlined by far the most events. And fought... Well, especially and fought Conor McGregor, but so did Dustin Poirier. Yeah, so... And it's quite, what does make that fight interesting is that Poirier won the first one. Even though I assume Max Holloway is going to be a much heavier favourite going into this one. Yeah. We'll obviously get that get into that when it actually rolls around. Your mate Max Holloway. Obviously you're gonna be biased towards him, Ross. But um it it almost seems like fans of the UFC, they've watched the majority of them would if you're if you were to go to the average UFC fan, someone who goes to an event once a year sort of thing, right? And then you go name your top three or five favourite events. A Conor McGregor one's gonna be there, right? And then you always see the fans going mental at Conor McGregor ones. So the fans that then go to these events are like shouting obscenities that what happened at a different event and it just doesn't make any sense it doesn't fit in yeah they're probably like Gaston we're gonna shit on the bus it's like <laughs> what <laughs> yeah 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 it's like it, it doesn't count for everything like, yeah there's different 
Yeah, or you just be like, "You'll do nothing." It's yeah. like that. That's not relevant. Yeah, yeah, that's not relevant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I think a few of the fans get a, get a few drinks in them, and they're just like, you know what? People probably think going funny, so I'll shout something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember, we actually brought this up. Remember, people were shouting stuff at John Jones. I'm oh, just like, yeah, oh, yeah. Just, just stop, man. Please. That was the, that was when Nunez fought Cyborg, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, who, it was. Yeah, who was Jones fighting then? No, it was Smith. Oh, he was Gustafson, wasn't it? Oh, it was Gustafson. Yeah, You're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. John Jones fought so recently as well. Yeah. Yeah, but here, look, just some fans are just just shouting stupid shit for no reason. Like, it's like, do better. Yeah, do better, fans. Yeah, yeah. Do better. Yeah. That's like, the better the fans become and more involved in the game, the sooner people will take the, the, the actual the sport. Fight, the sport more credibly. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, UFC 235, what a card. Yeah. What before, a card. Before we get into that, what did you make of Kobe Covington coming in with the belt, shouting stuff at Kamaru Usman, and then recording Dana White while he's playing poker? This um, fella, what's going on with this guy? Look, he, he's an absolute loose cannon. Uh, he's like very finely walking the line between great promoting and insanity. So, yeah. Does so, he think he's in WWE or what? Yeah, I, I think he's lost the plot, to be honest. Um, he has he's gas though yeah uh, uh, look I'm entertained by it up to a point and um, there's sort of things like when Usman won the title and then he tried to have a go with him afterwards I thought you need to feel out the moment and like Usman was having like a moment he had his daughter in there you don't start verbally attacking him then you know what I mean yeah um, but look but like, you he got the job done Colby's dying for this fight and he was sort of like made sure he was on camera so much that people remembered his name again you know yeah but he, he got the job done he's getting the next fight yeah well hopefully so, like, Dana White said it so like, that's it I know but like oh, Dana White says a lot of things yeah Dana White <laughs> does say a lot of things yeah but uh, sure we may as well get into the UFC 235 card uh, Ross we're going to have to start off with the we need to go way into the prelims yeah but uh, th- this is where I want to start off right the winner of the Ultimate Fighter 1 Diego, Diego, Diego Sanchez defeated Mickey Gall in the first round by KO it says here but um I think we were both back in Mickey Gall. Like, how, Diego Sanchez is going to be fighting until he's, like, put in the coffin. It was one of those things where I was watching the fight, right? And I watched the first round. Mickey Gall looked quite hard and go, Diego Sanchez is going to win the second round. And, like, he's probably going to win the fight. And I won't say Diego Sanchez looked like he wasn't trying to finish the fight. He was trying to, like, bust up Mickey Gall's face. Yeah. He was... It was a vintage Diego Sanchez performance. Mickey Gall got so tired, I couldn't actually believe it. One time, he, he got up and tried to, like, belly flop on him or one stage huh. it was it was it was a bit, a bit pathetic on mickey gall's behalf and i don't think mickey gall is ever going to cut it in the ufc i don't think he's going to win a, another fight again i saw him in the embedded on the way up and he was like oh, i'm here i'm here to cause a big thing and i was like okay i'll believe you and then you go and lose diego sanchez no offense to diego yeah. but like diego sanchez is so old school that like you should be fighting a metal tour yeah where, where do you think where do you see uh, Diego Sanchez going from here he's just uh, he loves a, he just loves to fight man he just loves to fight I don't know maybe he should fight like Jim Miller or something like just like let the two of them throw hands at each other yeah why not uh, then we'll go into your mate uh, Johnny Walker defeating Misha Sirkinov what a flying knee this this is one of the most picture perfect flying knees of all time Johnny Walker is actually just an absolute character I love him yeah by the way someone needs to get him a sponsorship by Johnny Walker Whiskey. Like, absolutely. Um, Why do you think that? Maybe because his name sounds similar to that name. Oh, yeah, actually, good point, yeah. <laughs> um, but, look, he actually injured himself celebrating afterwards. He tried to do, like, the worm and, like, fell on the shoulder. 
But he just keeps on, he keeps on knocking people out. He also said to Dana White, he was like, I don't want to fight everyone at the top straight away. But you can't just knock people out in 20 seconds and not end up fighting someone who's really, really good. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see where he goes next. I'm like very excited to see him. Any any names? I'm not too sure, but if I were the UFC and his shoulder's not bad, I'd put him on the main card, UFC 237 down in Brazil. There you go. Yeah. And maybe against like OSP, maybe. And he's Brazilian. Uh, then we have to go into what that was the headliner of the prelims. Jeremy Stevens being defeated by um, Zabit Magomed Shapirov, who is one person people have to keep an eye on. This fellow is the Russian Abraham Lincoln doppelganger, but uh, <laughs> he is he's something special. He, he's it's quite strange because you look at him and you go, "You're trying to tell me this fellow's brilliant." You know what I mean? Like, sure, he just woke up. Yeah, he actually does look too. He looks like he can't crawl out of bed. And yeah. he's also not like the best physical looking specimen I've ever seen, no. but he like he has it all. He has like these weird, like he was jumping off the cage trying to do like the Showtime Pettis, and he was just mad. But in fairness, fair play to Jeremy Stevens as well. He was very game opponent and very hard to get out of there. But some of the shots these guys were winging at each other were brilliant. It was the, a brilliant fight. The height difference and everything, man. It was just different. Some people are, are just something else, and to beat. Yeah, Sabit has it. Sabit have it, has it, yeah. Performance of the night bonus as well. Um, who would you like to see Sabit take on next, man? Because like, it's only a matter of time till he's wearing the gold. Yeah, I want to see him fight Yair Rodriguez. I don't really care about rankings. I just want to see, like, Yair Rodriguez has tried to duck that fight for ages, so I want, I want to see him get it. What do you have against Yair, man? I have nothing against him, but he's also very creative, so I just want to see what these two are going to, like, throw at each other. Yeah, well, Sabit's up to number, like, five now, six, possibly. And that, uh... That featherweight title is going to be vacant now as well, especially if Max Holloway beats Dustin Poirier. So. Yeah, who knows? Um, well, maybe him versus Brian Ortega. Do you know what? Magomed Shapirov probably needs to be in on a on a pay-per-view before he gets that title shot. Hold on. What about Zabit versus Jose Aldo? That would just be like brilliant stand-up. Yeah. I don't know. Zabit's just a man. I'm afraid for anyone to fight him. Don't fight yeah, him. They're saying you're on Alexander Volkanovsky as well, who just knocked out Chad Mendes there recently. They're saying he might fight the beat next. Yeah. Well, I just can't wait to see him back in the octagon, man. Yeah, I hopefully just... it's fast turnaround. Yeah. Uh, well, someone who should not have a fast turnaround, Cody, Cody Garbrandt, was defeated by Pedro Munoz uh, by decision. Ross. No, but, but knockout. Uh, how can they have, they have? Sorry, they have a decision written here. That put me off. Also, they have the don't picture. Worry about it. Cody's picture here is him wearing the belt as well. Sort also, out. I don't think the beat got performance bonus. It says it up here anyway. I'm just going the, by the, the UFC's UFC website. website. That is not good. Yeah, I'm just going by the website, lads. Excuse me. But uh, yeah, Cody Garbrandt knocked out for the third time in a row. Ross, where does he go from here? Because once your chin is gone, you're gone. It's a bit of a strange one because he actually was looked like he was doing all right. And I actually thought when the two of them were throwing haymakers, I was like, right, Garbrandt's probably going to win because he hits very hard. Yeah. That's what I thought going into this. I thought Garbrandt would win because he knows how to throw a punch. Yeah. I, know, I know Pedro does as well, but... <laughs> no he's just for the UFC he does not have trouble yeah. but uh, the, the way I was looking I was like look Garbrandt's is like it's almost like the Nganu of the Bantamweights you know I mean the first round he's vicious it's like the Vitor Belfort effect I was like Cody Garbrandt's first round is very very good I almost think Garbrandt he headhunts too much and he needs to like trust his footwork trust his boxing because that's what made him make a show of Dominic Cruz Exactly, and yeah. We haven't seen back to that. Yeah, we haven't seen him since that Dominic Cruz fight. Yeah. Uh, also, there's meant to be a lot of problems going on with coaches leaving and disruption yeah. in Team Alpha Male as well. So that could, could play a part as well. You know, Cody, like Cody, always wants he always wants to get in, and he's obviously yeah. like he's very like 
what's it when you're like a head like very hard headed yeah he's just like I'm grand he's like man that chin of yours is chinny chin churu yeah but uh, fair play to Pedro Munoz that won five the night that, that could actually win round of the year in 2019 that was an absolute brawl and I'd love to see Pedro Munoz fight Aljamain Sterling next I think that'd be a good fight that would be good who would you fancy there I think Munoz to be honest I think better striker same here yeah uh, then we'll move on to the next fight Robbie Lawler was defeated by submission to Ben Askren in the first round uh, by the way Ben Askren when he took that shot to the face I was like oh my god because I know he's never taken something like that Yeah, like, oh. not many people have now but I, I was like I was almost like a normal person will give up here but he did not give up no he didn't but Shrike is terrible isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at him has he ever done boxing before now <laughs> Dana White purposely picked him to go in there against Robbie Lawler yeah. Yeah, what, first of all, what a win. I know people are giving out about the, the, it was an early tap and all this stuff. I know shit like that happens. What can yeah. you do? But Ben Askren getting a win like that, no matter what, it was just like, whoa. First of all, Ben Askren's durability has been tested. Like, Robbie Lara, like, absolutely yeah. like, nailed him in the face with a punch and then, like, hit him with the angle slam. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know, I've never seen someone do that before. I was like, that is a move straight out of the WWE. Yeah, man. I slammed Askren's head, smashed him out of it. And at one stage, like, I'd say the ref was maybe three seconds away at one stage from stopping the fight for Ben Askren. Exactly, uh, yeah. Like, Lawler was mauling him at one stage. Uh, also, at the very start of the fight, I thought Ben Askren was going to end up Khabib and Lawler because like, he latched on to him like there was no tomorrow. Um, yeah, man. How would he stay in there? Yeah, it, it was quite strange because Askren got the choke. He, he sort of sunk it in and then Lawler had his hand on the back of his head and then like his hand sort of dropped. But then as soon as like the broke choke, Roller was like, what are you doing? It's the rest. But everyone like, does that as well. N- well, not everyone. Because like some people end up are, like, are unconscious. It's very yeah, rare that someone is as vocal as Robbie Lawler was straight away. Being like, what are you doing? Because he didn't actually tap. Yeah, but you know Robbie Lawler. If you let him die, he probably would. Oh, no. 100%. Like, I don't think Robbie Lawler is ever going to tap. Remember the McDonald oh. fight? Jesus. Oh, he's, but it, it, he also hasn't been submitted in a very, very, very long time. So it, it was a strange one. I think the UFC are going to end up running that one back. That's what Dana said. Which I don't. But Ben Askren was like, "No, nah, no, nah, you're grand." Obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they're going to do that? Dana, Ben Askren's after pissing Dana off so much that Dana could definitely run that back. Yeah, apparently, like he's there going, Dana won't beat him backstage. Dana's like, "What are you talking about?" He was yeah. like, "Ben Askren asked for half an hour, half an hour of your time." I was like, "What? Like after his fight, before the Woodley and before the John Jones fight? I'm not going to talk to him then." Yeah, something really strange there. As if yeah. Ben Askren has dirt on him. Although he's quite funny. He was like, is that the best you got? I was like, oh, here we go. The new Colby Covington. Yeah, Ben Askren looks like he's not even an athlete as well. He's just... Yeah, I was looking at his body and I was like, should you not be in better shape No, Can he not make 155? I don't know, he looks like he could. He looks like he could. Yeah, if he, if he like shaved his head off, uh, shaved his hair off and also like just leaned out. Yeah. Like, he just looks like a dad bod. Just... Yeah, he looks like he, he walked onto the scales at 170. Speaking of Ben Askren, right? Uh, we're going to the co-main event. Ben Askren's teammate, Tyron Woodley, was defeated by Kamaru Usman by decision. Um, Ross, Ben Askren's one of the best wrestlers that the UFC's yeah. ever seen, let alone probably the world. Yeah. Um, well, for credential-wise. And he trains with Woodley all the time. How was Woodley so out-wrestled by Kamaru Usman? This is something I was not expecting. And Kamaru Usman's engine is endless. Yeah, he's Kamaru Usman is like the definition of a tank. He... In fairness... For the first two rounds, Woodley was quite good against the takedown. And then rounds three, four, and five. Woodley looked like he'd never been in a fight before. Yeah. What it happened was, there? It was quite strange. This is the first there was time. like a mental block for him or something. There was something weird going on. Because this is the first time I was ever like, 
Woodley's definitely winning this. Yeah. Because like most of them are like, oh, maybe the other guy. And then he always wins. And then I was like, no, Woodley will definitely win this. And then he lost quite convincingly that I don't even want to see this run back. Yeah, it, it, it was quite strange because exactly what Woodley said in the pre-fight press conference, the absolute opposite happened. He was like, I'm better striker. I'm better wrestler. I'm better jiu-jitsu. And I was like, and I believe Tyrone Woodley when yeah. he said it each time. And yeah. I was like, and he had the belt. You're right. And uh, it's just one of those things where Usman was clearly the hungrier of the two. He wanted more. Yeah. He was pressing forward. And Woodley in between rounds, Cormac was like, you have to go forward. You have to go forward. And start of each round, Woodley was starting to go back again. You know what I mean? I think he, it was just something about him. I think in his last three or four fights, he's fought Wonderboy, he's fought Maya, he's fought Till. And in his head, it's like, I can go back against these guys because I'm like, the takedown threat isn't there. Yeah. As opposed to Usman, he got him up against the cage, took him down, he sort yeah. of like, got was in the dominant position. He had an awful lot of control throughout the entire experience. It was crazy to see someone control so much. Yeah. It, it, it was as if, it was if he was taking on Joe Schmo from down the road, Usman, the way he handled so easily. And you know someone dominated a fight when the judges call a uh, scorecard 50-44 and you think Woodley got away with it like that lightly. Yeah, it's strange because Woodley obviously spends a lot of time rapping and doing all this sort of stuff, uh, rapping and acting yeah. and stuff. But he's been doing this for ages, so like it, it can't just have caught up with it, caught up with him now. Mm. He's thirty six now as well. I think he's just, I think it's just he's met his match. It was almost yeah. like when Khabib beat Conor McGregor. It was like that. He's just better. Yeah, I, I think you know so. I mean? Usman looks like. Put it this way: if they rematch again in three three weeks or four weeks or two months time. I expect a similar result. Same here. Um, Where does Usman go from here as well, man? Usman's going to end up fighting Covington, and I can't wait to see that because I, I I really think Usman's going to smash Covington. <laughs> and then uh, what about Woodley? Where's he going? Woodley's going to have to try and take a step back. Maybe he fights Ponzinibbio or something like that. Yeah. I, I can't see him with the belt anymore. Dana is probably happy as Larry now. He doesn't have the belt. Yeah. But uh, moving on to the, the main event of, of the evening. evening. Uh, John Jones. Could be the goat. We'll discuss it now. Defeated Anthony Smith, and it went to decision, man. What do you make of that? Um, look, John Jones. Uh, it was it was a bit of a strange one because John Jones won the first three rounds, sort of handing up. He was doing a few spinning back fists or back kicks. Uh, he was just he, he had the range better. Uh, Smith did quite well. He busted open John Jones' eye at one stage, but it all sort of went down the fourth round where John Jones had two points taken off him. He threw like an illegal knee. Yeah, um, should he been disqualified? Took round opponent. Well, he can only be disqualified if Anthony Smith can't continue. And what do you make of that decision? Of S- Smith start fighting again. But yeah. they don't call him Lionheart for nothing. Um, I don't think he seems to be the type of guy. He seems to be in it to try and be the best. He doesn't seem to be looking for the fame and the money. And he would have got a bit of fame and money off that. Oh, 100%. Uh, he also would have got a John Jones rematch as the champion. Exactly. But uh, it'd be very funny to see John Jones' two... Uh, career losses of like if you actually watch the video of his two career losses him absolutely annihilating yeah, someone DQ yeah yeah. so look whether John Jones did it on purpose or not is another thing Um, but look he got the job done he sort of gassed out in the fifth round which isn't really John Jones-esque but he was extremely dominant he was extremely dominant man here the, the question is right is who can actually beat John Jones where are you and me together oh, oh, I think it's going to have to be someone a heavyweight um, you know what I mean or what like Johnny Walker in three years time or something you know what I mean It'll, I don't think it's going to be anyone anytime soon definitely no one at light heavyweight so I think we're going to be looking at the heavyweight rankings 
Uh, I know we asked who would you like to see John Jones point next. I think I always said Cain Velasquez. Yeah. Um, a lot of people here are saying Santos. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Noam McGann, one, saying USADA. Uh, Tiago Santos. I think a lot of people are saying Tiago Santos. I, Brock I think Lesner. maybe Brock Lesnar. That, that would be very interesting. Ian Gary goes Yoel at 205. Yeah, I'd be all about that. And then obviously DC. And then, yeah, you said Cain Velasquez. You seem like the only person who said Cain. Yeah, I think uh, in terms of all the fighters who are available, I think a lot of people probably took the, the connection or took the question as who will John Jones fight next? Yeah. I think a lot of people think Thiago Santos, and I think that's who he will fight next. Yeah. So, in terms of who I want him to fight, it's fairly irrelevant. But UFC look like they're going to roll out John Jones as much as they can this year. He says he wants to fight four times this year and make $20 million, and he looks like he's on track to do it. That's fair. For, that's good for us as well because, like, yeah, John Jones is. is Great fight every time. Yeah, and Dana also said Conor McGregor might not be back until uh, fall. Yeah, probably not. Maybe not till September. Yeah, that's autumn, isn't it? Yeah, fall is autumn. Yeah, yeah August, yeah. September, October. Yeah, but uh, overall, what you make of the event, Roscoe? Oh, that actually is when Khabib's bench up, so maybe he's like slowly telling us something. Um, yeah, but I thought it was a very, very good event. The last two fights were a bit boring, just because. Woodley got told, or Usman which got told, which I don't agree by the ref was, he was like, this is a fight. I think he was like basically saying it's not a wrestling match, which like I don't think the ref should be allowed to say. That's what like a fan would say to him. Uh, obviously, the Askren fight was controversial, but overall, I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. Great so, card, good here. fights, some good finishes. Yeah, it definitely lived up to it, the hype anyway. Yeah. I mean. But um, this weekend, UFC Fight Night, it's Lewis, it, Derek Lewis is taking on Junior Dos Santos. Junior Dos Santos in Kansas. Just haven't heard a word about this. <laughs> yeah, man. This seems very, very cool. You quiet. think they throw one trailer about this fight card during UFC 235, no? Man, I'm not going to lie. This card doesn't look great at all. But uh, no. Lewis is ranked third and Junior Dos Santos is ranked eighth. Uh, Ross, what are you expecting from the headlines here? Um, um, I think Junior Dos Santos is going to win by TKO in this one. I think Junior Dos Santos, unless Lewis can get him in the first round, uh, Dos Santos' boxing is brilliant and as the rounds go on I don't think he's going to get caught by one of those Lewis like haymakers um, also fighting on that card is my mate Big Ben Rothwell uh, against Iganov who lost to Junior Santos in his last fight his UFC debut uh, I'll be very interested to see that uh, I think Ben Rothwell's going to win by go-go choke you know that weird guillotine he does wake me up before you go-go <laughs> energize sing along yeah what? uh who else fighting that card? Curtis Melinda or something fighting on it? Darius is on it. Oh, there's a good fight on it. I think uh, it's Tim Means, the Dirty Bird, your mate, yeah. fighting Nico Price. Nico Price is an absolute KO artist. Yeah, and Boach is back. Yeah, so there's a few decent fights on the card. Bit of name recognition. Yeah. In fairness, I'm not expecting much out of this, man, to be honest. In fairness, I'll probably watch it because there'll be a few finishes. No, I'll be watching it, yeah, but yeah. like, I can't be spoofing being like, everyone tune in to Lewis yeah. Smoker. That, that the- one's, that one's a, a, a 6 out of 10 card. Yeah. Just because there's two decent heavyweight fights on it. Yeah. Also, I'll go over Junior Dos Santos as well. He just has a better engine. Yeah. My balls are hot. Derek Lewis. My balls are hot. But uh, that's basically the show wrapped up, man. We have like yeah. a, a minute to... Uh, to wrap it up. Yeah, to wrap it up, yeah. Cool. So, guys, uh, thanks for meeting, as always, for listening to the show. Um, if there's any guests you'd like to see us get on, uh, send them a DM for us and tell, us, tell them to get on the show. And uh, Don't ask to get on the show if you've never done anything in your life. Barry, yeah. anything else added? No harsh, no harsh is there. Yeah, so basically, we're going to wrap it up. I'm going for love on it, I think. Uh, the, crack of the, the crack of the week is all the football crack. And then the main part of the show was the was the UFC, MMA, all that crack. 
Um, yeah, if you're new, cheers for tuning in. And uh, make sure to give us a shout out on Instagram or, yeah, get involved. And as always, stay energized. energized.